Beasley switch it in! The U.S. go up! What a goal from Carlos Bocanegra! Boyd will try a long hit, what a goal from Boyd! This is spectacular! It's hit with no regard for humanity! Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is! Switzerland! And Shakiri has scored in the 90th minute! That was worth the price of admission alone! This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into the Horn in Austin, Texas, and the Soccer Matters, always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's daspitlawaustin.com. They're bilingual. They'll handle your personal injury case. John Daspit, the Daspit Law Firm, 512-865-6710, bilingual. Man, do we have a lot to talk about here tonight. The report commissioned by U.S. Soccer by a firm called Alston and Bird is out. And boy, it is not very flattering to Claudio Reyna and the Reyna family. Um, We will get in a little bit to that because I think it is important to talk about that. Uh, We also will talk a lot of Austin FC again. The second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League is tomorrow against uh, Violette of Haiti. They are down 3-0. Now, this is achievable. I don't think there's any question for Austin FC. But what I do want you to recognize out there, this is a very different year for the manager, Josh Wolf, because of all the other competitions that are involved. So he's having to make decisions he's never made as a manager in MLS. Tough decisions that did not occur last year. He's got to think about playing players on artificial surface. He's got to make sure that players that are working their way into Major League Soccer for the long duration of the season are going to be healthy. You can't blow them out in the first couple of games. You've got to be very careful with certain players. Hence why Alex Ring doesn't go and play on an artificial surface in the Dominican Republic, right? Or Vassanen. Um, so these are different decisions. You've got to protect players. You've got to look ahead to the next game, all the while, while trying to get results. Uh, and you're not always going to get it right. And they didn't get it right in the Dominican Republic. Uh, that was a shocking loss. We'll talk about that tonight. I'm going to predict they'll reverse it, though, uh, tomorrow night. Now, one question I do have. Will it be a full house? Um, And the reason I say this is it always is for Major League Soccer games. And I'm not sure, I know the hardcore know it, but I'm not sure everybody knows what the CONCACAF Champions League, for that matter, Violet of Haiti, who are having all kinds of visa issues. Um, So we'll speak a little bit about that tonight. We've got Arsenal uh, doing remarkably well, despite the injury to Gabriel Jesus at the World Cup. Um, They are still hanging on to number one in the Premier League. We'll talk a bit about that. Tyler Adams, how he is... uh, Adding something new to his cachet that I'm noticing over the last couple of games. Plus, we're going to go over a number of the Austin FC players um, after that uh, fantastic 2-1 to win against Real Salt Lake. So wonderful, wonderful stuff uh, on the road there. And the team's 2-1. and one. They outplayed St. Louis, you would say, in the first game. So it could be 3-0. and oh. So things are in a good place. Um, and tomorrow you're going to have to Really try to ride a momentum. Uh, if you want to call in, you got something to say, 512-447-3776. As usual, Ty Henderson is behind the glass. Ty, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Glenn? What was a day like for you? My day's been good. 
it's been good. Back back at the office, you know, it's uh, just working hard and putting my head down, doing what I got to do. But I love being here with you. So talking well, a little soccer. You do it. You do it. And I want my listeners to always know the importance of uh, the producer on this show. And Ty does a tremendous job uh, for me personally, for the show, and ultimately for you. So a big thanks to, to Ty. So Ty, you know what? Let's uh, get into some of your work. Let's uh, let's just pull up the uh, the Gallagher goal uh, from. The uh, Austin FC 2-1 win over Real Salt Lake. And Danny Pereira again the ball. Lovely ball out wide. Gallagher coming inside. Long range. And in off the woodwork. Oh, my. The fullback comes forward. And he could not have struck that any better. He salutes the traveling Austin FC fans. And they salute him back. He sees a little bit of space. Comes inside. Salt Lake is going to be upset at themselves because they don't get enough pressure on the ball. But take nothing away from this strike on his weaker left foot. So John Gallagher, he's a fantastic story. Now, you remember in year one, he started as a striker at Austin FC. Jared Stroud was getting minutes. Team couldn't score goals. Um, Was a striker in college at Notre Dame. He has reinvented himself with the aid of his coach and his coaching staff. Right side, left side, his versatility, a blessing. Uh, this, This was a goal that had tremendous wow factor to it, by the way. Wow factor. I mean, I'm at home watching this game. I jumped up off the couch. Um. Could not score goals as a striker in MLS, but is scoring them coming from deeper positions. Uh, Josh, uh, John Gallagher right now is what you would call a champagne problem. Can play a variety of positions. Incredible find. Has been reinvented. And uh, pretty remarkable story. Uh, And this is also a remarkable story. Owen Wolf would get the game-winning goal. Here it is. Lovely turn from Ryusi again. Wolf, he finds the pocket of space further forward, driving centrally, looking for options, goes for goal! And that is what we've seen! One world-class strike already, how about that one from Owen Wolf? They just backed off him, invited him to shoot, he took the invite. The 18-year-old homegrown, Owen Wolf, when he receives that ball, he has to look over his shoulder first and foremost to see that he has space to attack. And again, RSL do a really poor job of closing him down, but take nothing away from that strike. He picks a corner. You see the two goal scorers there celebrating. Well, whenever somebody scores from longer range, the first thing you say is, hey, there's a lack of pressure on the ball. Still has to be struck brilliantly. It was. This is a great goal for Owen Wolf. He's got a blossoming uh, relationship with Danny Pereira. I'm going to get into that in a little bit here. And it's all aided by the fact that Alex Ring is now playing as a center back. So really, really interesting dynamics going on. All right, let me tell you what uh, else we got here tonight on the show. Um, We've got Jorge Iturralde from Club Deportes is going to be on the show now. He was down in the Dominican Republic. He witnessed the loss 3-0 live. We're going to talk to him tonight, do a segment with uh, Jorge. We appreciate that. He's on top of everything. That is Violette, and uh, they're signing players here in the U.S. that are based in the U.S. to kind of round out their roster. But they've had tremendous visa problems. For those of you saying, oh, fair play, you got to be nice to Haiti. No, you don't. This isn't about the Haitian earthquake. It's not about the other issues in Haiti. This is about Haiti not having their paperwork and their visas together. Okay? Um, That's on their federation. That's on their club. That's on them. So, you know, enough of that. Um, You know, Haiti, uh, when it comes to soccer, and Violette in this case, um, 
their club has to be on top of all this stuff. Listen, I remember a story in Mexico. Tigris's uh, traveling secretary uh, made a mistake by not uh, taking some players and getting the visa renewed. And it was ahead of Copa Libertadores, and it cost the guy his job. So, you know, at some point you got to decide if you're in the CONCACAF Champions League and you've got an opportunity to play Austin FC and you get a platform as a player and you got eyeballs on you and you're on national TV, you got to get your paperwork in order. And honestly, where were the players in this? I mean, th th these are huge moments for them to get an opportunity to come to Austin and play in front of a big crowd and potentially, you know, catch the eye of somebody and earn a contract. Um, so there you go. Uh, sort of my take on that. Um, we also have Michelle Sanchez tonight. She's an independent journalist. She covers Austin FC. Many of you might know her. She's a UT grad. So we've got two good journalists from Austin on this show here tonight. Really looking forward to it. Streaming at hornfm.com. That's where you get the podcast of Soccer Batters and all the other great shows on this station, including Ball Don't Lie. Ty, pimp your show real fast here. Sorry, Glenn. We we had Ivan calling in the line. I, I didn't I didn't hear what the lead up was. There. Oh, that okay. Uh, that's good. So we'll go to Ivan in a second. But I wanted you to just promote your show real quick. Okay, so well, I'm on Bucking Aaron's every morning from six to ten. You can hear me on here on the horn there. Or uh, I have a podcast called the Lone Star Lowdown with uh, Shay Holt and Corey Gidry, who also works works here at the Horn. Uh, we have one episode comes out every week on Wednesdays. So uh, and that's on every platform. So just you know, keep an eye out for that. All right, follow my guy Ty. He's a great producer, by the way. Think about it. I'm lucky. I get I get Ty, and he's the Bucky and Aaron producer as well, right? That puts me in rare uh, rarefied air here, Ty. So thanks uh, for all your efforts. Okay, uh, call in number five one two four four seven three seven seven six five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Did you say we have a caller? Yes, we have Ivan. All right, oh. let's go to Ivan. Ivan. Hey, Glenn. Uh, nice to uh, talk to you again since last week. Hey, the hot take I gave you last week regarding Gallagher, was I right or was I right? I think Gallagher's a pretty known entity, but you, you, were, you were right on that hot take. Um, I think he's one of the great stories of the club. There's a lot of emerging guys here, along with Owen Wolf and, and others. So uh, Danny Pereira is another one I go to right now. He's growing beautifully as a draft choice. He's understanding the role of... Uh, of in that six in that position. And, and I think he's got a nice balance with, with Owen Wolf going on, a nice relationship there. These two guys, listen, make no mistake, they're now positioned as a lot of the future of the midfield of Boston FC based on youth. Um, don't think this is being missed by Josh Wolf and the brass of this club. Uh, you've constantly got to rebloom your club. Um, these two guys are the future. I agree 100 percent. I agree 100 percent with you. Thank you for that. Um, and also, thank you for your take on on the Violet thing. I saw a lot of hand wringing and a lot of people on Twitter on social media saying, "Oh, poor Haiti." I even saw some Dynamo fans out there saying, "Austin FC shouldn't play. That's very unsportsmanlike." Uh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. You I'm know, sorry. I'm sorry. That's misguided. Yeah, that's misguided. This is competition. We're not talking about um, being heartfelt for the the earthquakes in Haiti or. Or, 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 or the problems that that country has as a third world nation. We're talking about soccer. Uh, they're a soccer team. I agree. They have the ability to get their visas. I'm sorry. 
Um, I'm, I'm not in that camp. Um, and, and by the way, that puts Josh Wolf and Austin FC in a very difficult position, right? Because it's real easy for people to pile on them and go, oh, that's not fair play. No. That, that, listen, they got a season. They got a season. They got competitions. This is professional sports. You know, we all got to put our big boy pants on and big girl pants on. All right. I Anything agree 100%. So thank, thank you for that. No, no, just, uh, hey, uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. You know, the fan base is kind of mixed on this. A lot of them think we're going to do it. Some don't. I know that, hey, there's been a lot of drama today, and I know you're probably going to talk to Jorge about that, but there's been a lot of drama with what players are coming, are they going to have enough, et cetera. Turns out it's going to be maybe a B team, so it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. But thank you I so wanted, much. I wanted to ask you a question call. real quick, Ivan, before you go. Just answer sure. this one quickly. Does the Austin sure. fan base, do you think everybody understands the competition, the CONCACAF Champions League? The supporters, absolutely. The general fan base, no. And I, I do think you brought up a good question. Are we going to have a full stadium tomorrow? I went on SeatGeek and I saw that the prices are very low, so... I'm going to guess we're probably going to be maybe 80, 90%. But no, uh, the hardcore, the supporters know what this is about. We're going to show up. We'll be there uh, chanting and supporting our team. But yeah, the regular fans, you know, a lot of them are confused and they're like, is this a friendly? What's going on? Well, here, here's the thing. Um, they were, you know, Violette was highly underestimated in the Dominican Republic. I don't think there's any question. They're going to have a mixed squad in this game. They're signing guys in the U.S. Jorge is going to be on top of that when we bring him on the show. Um, but these are always tricky matches. But this can be turned around, and I believe it will be turned around. Uh, but a lot of that has to do with the timeliness of goals. Uh, you're going to have to put a lot of equity into this. And the fan base is going to be able to drive this team forward with momentum, um, which – they are very, very good at doing, um, as good as anyone in MLS. So I, I think it's a fascinating setup tomorrow. Um, you come back, you get this done. Um, it can be a remarkable platform for even additional momentum. Uh, and I think Austin FC, uh, outside of that result down there, are having a good season. All right, Yvonne, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, so that was uh, Yvonne. I, I like that. And uh, by the way, I know the hard cone understands what the CONCACAF Champions League is up there. Uh, I know that. All right, uh, real quick as we're heading to break here. This is a great song by The Clash. It's called Living in Fame. By the way, Arsenal waltz into Fulham. Smashed them 3-0. Gabriel, Martinelli, Odegaard, 56% of the possession. Mikel Arteta is doing an unbelievable job at Arsenal. By the way, Gabriel Jesus coming back, he said, hey, we're going to take our time with him. So it shows you, you can lose a main piece like Gabriel Jesus, and they're still number one in the Premier League. Manchester City had a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. Holland from the penalty spot, top goal scorer in the league. The Arsenal story is an amazing one. All right, so uh, living in fame, the clash. Uh, we remind you, the show is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. 512-865-6710. You get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, maybe you work construction. These are nervy times. Somebody gets injured. You, you might get injured. you got to get somebody to fight for your right for compensation and protection. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. 512-865-6710. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, they will work 24-7 nights and weekends for you. 
We'll take a break here. When we come back, we continue on. Michelle Sanchez, freelance journalist covering Austin FC, is next. Yeah, it's uh, New Order we're coming back with. Uh, I believe they're going to be in Austin. I know they're going to be throughout Texas. Manchester Band. They did the uh, song called World in Motion, which was an uh, official song for the England national team in one of the World Cups in the past. All right, 512-447-3776 is a number as we continue on here. Uh, Soccer Matters ESPN 97.5 in Houston. And here in Austin, it's Horn FM Dot com. That's also where you get the podcasts of this show. And I'm known to slip up once in a while uh, and mention the call numbers for the Houston uh, sister station of this show. All right. We continue on with the Austin FC uh, conversation. We bring on now Michelle Sanchez. She's a free, freelance journalist. She covers Austin FC, went to UT and uh, grew up in the area and is a huge fan of the game. Michelle, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Hello, thank you for having me on. Well, Michelle, let's first off talk about, uh, you know, I, I just want to get, get the lowdown on you and, and your upbringing. And let's start with your first influences in the game of soccer. Where did they come from? Yeah, well, I grew up around men. I have two brothers. My dad used to drag us around Fergoville and all over Austin, basically, when we were little to play soccer. So I've been playing since I was really little, watching all World Cups, following Liga MX, uh, you know, most recently, obviously, MLS in the last, I don't know, four years. Um, and, and yeah, and so that's kind of, I kind of integrated um, and tried to make my career um, based on soccer, around soccer, everything soccer. Even when I went to UT, I was, you know, one of the first ones to, you know, interviewed Grant Wall, and who is no longer with us. Um, but, you know, he was a great friend of mine. This community is amazing. And so I continue to fight the good fight uh, for growing soccer in the United States. When you went to UT, were you around the, the UT women's team and Angela Kelly? And did you go to any of their games? Of course, of course, yes. Uh, my good buddy Chris Bills and I and another reporter, we started Austin Soccer Pod. Uh, when we first started, and we had the pleasure of having her in, um, but we were still both, uh, you know, handling. He was at the Statesman. I was here at CBS uh, in Telemundo, uh, you know, working. And so on top of that, we had all these other projects. So the time was limited, as you know, it's a, it's a hustle in this industry. No question about it. We're talking to Michelle Sanchez. Pleased to have her on the show here tonight. Uh, Michelle, you're going to have to carry me because I'm losing my voice. All right, so NWSL to Austin. I know you like the women's game as well. Um, Some ideas, some thoughts on that. I've spoken to the folks there. Uh, When you think it could potentially happen and maybe what it would mean to the city. Oh, my gosh. I mean, first of all, I think it would mean everything to the city. I think... You know, we've taken some time not to bring an NWSL here, um, but we do have the Austin Rising FC, and people can try out with them if they want to get involved in, in any semi-pro 
uh, league. However, um, NWSL, I believe it could happen. It should be happening soon. Um, I believe it would elevate, you know, soccer here locally, especially women's soccer. I think it's super important um, to look up to these women. Uh, Obviously, you know, in in UT, they have such a great program as well. Um, So I encourage everyone to to go to a game, especially most of the time they're free. Um, But, yeah, I think it's only a matter of time. And when, you know, Austin FC, if they decide to, to, you know, branch out or someone else bring, I don't know, Kendra Scott, (laughs) she could bring a a team here. I think I would rally around that and I would love to be involved with them in any capacity. Well, I can assure you, Angela Kelly and the University of Texas would love to see an NWSL team here. Have you, you gotten any inkling if Anthony Precourt, the owner of Austin FC, has any inclination to ultimately getting an NWSL team here? And, and, and in, you know, thinking about them, too, they're solidifying the start to their new Major League Soccer franchise. But has there been any conversation and talk about that? Yeah, um, I think in the past we've asked, I mean, it's been a while now that we've um, asked and it should be, we should come around the time where we need to ask him again. Um, But he's always said he's been open to it um, and he hopes to bring an NWSL team here. It's just a matter of time. And like you said, they they just started Austin FC too. So I think it won't be until a couple of years. If not, um, someone else should step up and, you know, make it happen. All right, uh, biggest storyline for you going into the Violet game tomorrow? Yeah, look, um, it's going to be a tough one, honestly. I think, uh, you know, with the visa situation, we've seen that, you know, circling around uh, Twitter. Um, you know, regardless if they bring their starters or not, I think Austin of she FC should be worried just because this team is really – these players are really strong. They're physically – you know, they're very tall, big. Um, and Austin FC is down, they need at least four, four goals, right? They're down uh, three. Um, and so I just think it's going to be a make it or break it. You know, Josh Wolf is under a lot of pressure. I believe they can do it. They're at home. They have home advantage. Um, I believe the crowd will help the team get hyped for the game, but it's not going to be an easy one. However, I do think they could win it, especially here, having, you know, uh, Violet the troubles with the visa, but I still think you can't underestimate this team. They're very strong. You know, they, they have coming off of a championship for the Caribbean club. And so, you know, they just need to be very careful, especially with the corner kicks. If you saw it from this weekend, RSL, both of those are the first goal in our, in RSL, obviously away, um, came off of a corner kick in Violet, two headers coming from a corner kick. So corner kicks are really hurting this team. However, I think, um, you know, we have Owen Wolf and maybe John Gallagher. Maybe they get minutes. I mean, they just had a fantastic game in RSL. So I know this team could do it, but I think, you know, they they are going to have a, a, a little bit of a hard time, maybe. Um, but they can definitely get that win. Good point you bring out about defending corners. By the way, in the Real Salt Lake game, Real Salt Lake had 44 crosses in that game. Um, which is a lot, and many of them were defended, obviously. Um, not on the corner, though. Um, so a lot of right. tough decisions. You said Josh Wolf is under a, a lot of pressure. Why do you say that? Simply because, because of the score that, line of the game? Uh, you know, that and the way it, it became a national news. You know, you had uh, MLS and just other 
former U.S. men's national team players tweet about this game, and I just think that, you know, they have all eyes on Austin FC and, you know, Joshua coming, um, you know, being former U.S. men's national player um, and, you know, a coach. I, it made national headlines, and when that happens, you – I feel like you have, um, you know, that extra pressure. And, and he himself, you know, said that, you know, he has a responsibility to, um, you know, hype this group. But at the end of the day, it's the players who play the game. And so they also have care and should carry that responsibility on their shoulders, especially tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. There, there's shared responsibility in all of this. This was a shocking result. I think it's even more shocking based on the fact that Seattle went to the FIFA Club World Cup, the expectations in this tournament have been lifted. Um, and, and, I, and I think you're right. I, I, I love seeing that ex-players are saying, hey, this is an unacceptable result. You know, the, the bar has to remain high. Now, it does happen. Josh Wolf had to gamble a little bit. He didn't want to play certain guys on artificial surface. His group did not blend. Uh, they're down 3-0. They're coming back with the momentum of a crowd, an early goal. They can flip this. I don't think there's any question it can be flipped. It won't be easy. But when we talk about the context of the CONCACAF Champions League, and I asked a caller just now, Yvonne, about it, um, how important is the CONCACAF Champions League outside of the hardcore of of Austin FC and and, and the supporters groups? How important is CONCACAF Champions League to them, and, and how much do we know about it in Austin? Right. I think it's new, especially to Austin. Um, it's not new to me. Um, following Liga MX, CONCACAF is one of the, you know, it, there's a saying, don't get CONCACAF, right? <laughs> so there is <laughs> there's another saying, but I'm not going to repeat it on the air. There's another one, too. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's you know, you have South American teams. I mean, I have family in Mexico who tweeted me and, and sent me a WhatsApp talking about, hey, you know, you guys lost 3-0, really, to a Haitian club who hasn't played um, in almost 300, you know, days. And that's just what happens in CONCACAF. You get some crazy results. There's some crazy things that happen. You saw a dog, on, you know, in the pitch, um, you know, in the last week. So it's just a very important tournament, though, I think, um, especially, you know, outside of Liga MX, I feel like sometimes we get into this bubble where we're just focusing on MLS or just focusing in Mexico. But there's definitely other clubs that are competing at a very high level. And, you know, CONCACAF is showing that and, and you can see it now. Orlando City got a nil-nil draw at Tigres. I mean, when you think about that, that's a historic yeah. result for Orlando City. And, um, you know, I love this tournament. And I think we got we to gotta tag on to what Seattle did last year. And we got to get another MLS winner in this. Uh, I got t- very tired of seeing Mexican clubs win this. But Josh Wolf has different challenges now as a manager with all these other competitions that he's never faced before. He does, and another and another concern of mine. I think it's the depth and keeping these players healthy. You know, if you have, he said today in press conference that his only center back, his healthy center back, is you know Ring. If you have anything that were to happen to him, or if he can't stay healthy for right. some reason, or Leo, who has uh, you know many a, a long road up ahead of him you know domestically and internationally if you can't get Gastante back on time you know he will find himself 
you know, in a hole, at least defensively, in the back line. Um, you know, hopefully, Drew, he could stay healthy. But injury for, for this team does concern me. So hopefully the guys can stay healthy um, because it's a long season. And there's, you know, CONCACAF, you have Open yep. Cup and League Cup coming up. A lot of international competition. Michelle, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Great job. We appreciate it. We look forward to another visit from you. Thank you so much. And everyone can follow me at Michelle S underscore TV. I'm on all social media platforms. I do it in Spanish and English. So, well, one, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. Great job, Michelle. All right. So that's Michelle Sanchez, freelance journalist covering Austin FC. By the way, this is Jesse Dayton doing a song called The Hip Shape. Um, like we said in the first segment, a lot of factors come into the decision-making now of Josh Wolf. It's a long season, and uh, you got to be really careful with some of the older players, especially, and people that are carrying injuries. All right, John Daspit, Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710, 512-865-6710, DaspitLawAustin.com, presenting sponsors of Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, LamontBrands.com. Now look, Austin. I got you two shades of green with these T-shirts. They go towards the 501C charity Snowdrop Foundation. Get them at LamontBrands.com. That's LamontBrands.com. Gotta love Gary Clark Jr. Who doesn't? He's getting uh, Jorge Itoralde who's gonna join us. Uh, he's been down, he went down in the Dominican Republic to uh, cover the Violet game in CONCACAF Champions League. So we're gonna get Jorge on in a minute. Uh, he will be calling in shortly here from Club Deportes. A uh, couple of things I wanted to say here uh, just about uh, Alex Wren. Uh, this is another champagne problem. And there's a lot going on that we don't know. If he continues to play at center back, then you got to question the other center backs on the club and maybe the lack of trust from a manager in them right now. So whenever Julio Cascante comes back, does Ring continue there? Does he step right aside for Cascante? This is going to be an interesting question. The dynamics. This is maybe a champagne problem also. These changes through injury then offer opportunity to others, remember. So Alex Ring may not want to play as a center back. Um, it may be, though, the natural position for him to ultimately move into as he gets older in the game. His ability to read the game, orchestrate, direct, lead. And this will likely end, you know, maybe him at center back. But there are going to be a lot of discussions with the manager. I don't think it's going to end in the near future. And then meanwhile, you got Danny Pereira and Owen Wolf establishing a relationship. So, you know, these are interesting problems because players are also personal. They want things too. Don't ever forget that. Coaches want you to be all in for the team. There's a lot of hard discussions that go on in this stuff. Striker position. Jazzy Zardes is a guy 
that truly understands the Josh Wolf system. I hear people talk, oh, you know, Josie's starting. Why not Maxie? It's not as simple as just Maxie scored a goal. Maxie's been dangerous off the bench. Maybe this is Maxie's role in the future. And sure, that's going to change on occasion. I think with the Nations League, et cetera. His hold-up play, his work off the ball, um, for Zardis is great. He's got to contribute with goals, though, eventually. Zardis can make a Rudy better simply by being a starter and now posing a Rudy off the bench. And at the end of the year, a Rudy will contribute more, maybe, in this changed role. We don't know. But one thing we do know, a Rudy has tailed off in seasons at the end of the year. He did last year. He did the year before. All right. Uh, great friend of the show. Jorge Iturralde joins me, Club Deportes. Jorge, how are you? Fine, Jane. How are you? I'm doing great, Jorge. Uh, so listen, first of all, just, you know, you were a man who was down in the Dominican Republic. You witnessed this shocking CONCACAF Champions League loss. Tell us what it was like to be there and what you felt while you were watching that game. Well, it was exciting to be on the first uh, international official game of Austin FC. The city was beautiful. The environment was beautiful. I don't know if you had the opportunity to to hear the uh, the, the the band La Murga in, uh, in 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 the stadium. It was like all party, and with the result, with the score, the final score, everybody uh, you know was like celebrating, and and uh, it was really exciting to be there. Even though we lost. Well, did you did you feel that Austin FC just was not prepared for this game? Did they underestimate Violette? That was my question to uh, George Wolf after the the game. I asked him if he underestimated. He his answer was um, that he had to kind of uh, um, save some players. To you know, for for the upcoming games, I think what he was doing, uh, it was you know, you you understand, he's gonna have many games, uh, you know, the upcoming weeks. But on the other hand, I think um, we could do better. I mean, uh, it was a completely new system, new players that they never played together, at least on an official game, and uh, and I think he has to do more with. The, uh, with no coordination that, uh, you know, that anything else. They, they didn't play together, so it was, you, you could see that on every uh, inch of the field. Everybody was kind of lost. I don't know. I don't know if that was uh, because they underestimated the team, I'm, I'm including the players, or because they just didn't find themselves in the field. Yeah, it could be, could be. Usually the answer lies in between. And, and, and listen, these are challenges we were bringing up. I brought this up uh, with Michelle Sanchez as well, that, that look, uh, these are challenges he never had last year or the year before as a manager. This is a first-time situation for him as a head coach where you got to think long-term, you got to think near-term and getting a result in this tournament. you got to be careful not to blow somebody out early in the season that could have catastrophic, catastrophic uh, uh, reverberation through your team if you were to, to get a Driussi injured on an artificial surface or, or an Alex ring, right? Um, so the, these are different challenges. Um, I think to get out of there with a closer scoreline would have been something that really should have been expected in this one, and then you come home and you do business. Do you think they can turn it around tomorrow night, Jorge? Well, 
I think it's possible. Uh, obviously, the team uh, from from uh, Heidi is not is not going to be complete. They have seven players missing. Those seven players play on on the first uh, leg. Uh, four of them are from the uh, starting eleven or one of the starting eleven, and one of them is is the one I want to mention. Um, Roberto Baggio Loima. He's, he was the the one who assessed on the on the two goals, and also he was the he, he sent the assistance on the on the first on the third goal that at the end he didn't count because it was on goal. But uh, he was the main for me he was the best player of Billet I I see, and and he's not going to be there tomorrow. So three of the midfield on the standing eleven, he, they're not going to be on on the field tomorrow. I think that's a very good opportunity for Josh Wolf. To take advantage of, and and but they have a very good coach, Rodney Attini. It's a very good coach. When 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 you see people uh, trying not just to 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 push the team to uh, to score, but also to defend and also to you know they, they went to the floor every time. Austin was like on top of of, of uh, Violet, just like the Argentinian style, you know, South American style. They go to the floor. They call. They put their little eyes on the game, and that's that's you know that's something coming from the bench. The coach is a very good coach, and that's what we have to be uh, concerned and and not or, afraid, but we need to be concerned. Jorge Duralde, Club Deporte, Deportes. Uh, we appreciate him being on. By the way, I agree with you 100 percent on Roberto Luima. Uh, he caused a lot of problems in that game. I, I want to take you because I want to make sure I don't miss hitting this topic. I was shocked today at the report that was commissioned by U.S. Soccer to a company called Alston and Bird, and it talked about Claudio Reyna. Um, and, you know, this is absolutely stunning to me. Parents whining about players not playing. Apparently this was behavior uh, that has occurred for six years. And then to go and... and you know, your great friend for an incident that occurred 30 years ago. Um, but but this behavior of going to U.S. soccer and and kind of harassing and, you know, my son needs different accommodations, um, the, the refereeing isn't good enough, travel arrangements, it just smacks of privilege and entitlement to me. And, and the thing that bothers me is that this occurred during a World Cup. This was so selfish occurred during a World Cup where we're trying to achieve as a nation. Um, your take on it. I, I agree with you totally, totally. I think uh, being a father is, doesn't have to go this way. I mean, your, your kid, I know it's the most important thing in your life, but, but this kind of stuff, I mean, and also he's not just like a regular parent like, like you and me can, can be. He, he's 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 a, he's a person who has a position, and he has history on the national team, and uh, he's—I would say—he's—he's he's kind of an icon of the of the national team. This this is not just uh, something that we can't understand, and we—I mean, it's it's just out of out of the context. Yeah, I—it was a bit stunning to me. Um... You know, it seems like Burhalter, with this incident that happened in college as an 18-year-old, did every single thing that that he should when it comes to um, reporting it, admitted it to his coach, 
got help for it, and then was married for 30. He has been married and has four kids with the same woman. So to bring that up, I thought, was, wow, not you know, not impressive to me. He had the guts to go back and say, you know what, yes, I did it. This is what happened. This is the, the, the road I took. I went to therapy. We went to therapy. And, and he faced everything the way it's supposed to be. Uh, and, and I think he was uh, doing the right thing. I don't, <clears throat> don't want to get into the uh, inside the field or inside the bench or inside the locker room because I, I, I don't want to go there. But he faced what, uh, you know, what the, the issue that was coming, uh, he faced it the right way. And now I think, in my personal opinion now, the one who's looking real, real bad, it's, uh, I think it's the Reina family. Yeah, it's too bad. Anyway, it makes me sad. Um, one thing to acknowledge here that we do have to put out, Claudio and, and Danielle Reina acknowledged through their agent um, that they have said and done things in the heat of the moment that they regret, particularly the statement that triggered the U.S. soccer investigation. So that's the thing where they accused uh, uh, or brought the story up about Greg Berhalter. I think... You know, there was a lot of Greg Burhalter. you know, kick him out. Um, th- th- that, that, you know, people are allowed to have their judgment on coaches. But uh, I'll tell you, this was a sordid piece. Um, six years of complaining to U.S. soccer. That's a long time. So, anyway, let's hopefully move on from that. Everybody learns. But the privilege and entitlement piece is the one that, that stuns me a little bit. All right, so back to Austin FC. Um, I want to take you into Emiliano Rigone and your thoughts on him. I have a feeling he's going to come good. I, I see progress with him. I get the expectations are high, Jorge. Uh, I get people are hoping he's, he tags his play with scoring some goals. Uh, but I do think that he's ultimately going to come good. But with the DP tag, there's a lot of expectation. Yes. It's, I think, uh, I think we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. He is... He's a VP, but I think he has that responsibility in in front of his face every time he's, uh, you know, he's playing. I think he's he's playing with a lot of uh, tension. He's not performing the way you can see him on the videos in South America or in other places. I think uh, once he scored once, the first goal, mm-hmm. I think he's going to change everything. He needs to do that. And and uh, and uh, he has been close. I mean, right now, still the people. It's it's uh, not really happy. You can see that on tweets, on on messages. People are not happy with his performance. But I don't know. It's a DP. You can't just bench him. It's a lot of money to be on the bench, and and you need to make him work. Or uh, or or you know, the, the only the only way to make him work is just given given the time to do it. And. Uh, and I, my opinion is, as soon as he scores the first time, I think he's gonna he's gonna start getting a relief on his on his play. Jorge Iturralde joining us, Club Deport Club Deportes. Um, hey, Jorge, uh, I think you bring up a great point. If he does get that first goal, it may be the thing that pushes him over the top a little bit um, to get him in a place of, of of more confidence. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, so. Uh, I do think that's a good point that you bring up with with him. Um, on the other hand, when you are 
Austin FC and you identified this guy and you've paid this type of money for him, you want him to come good to validate your decision to bring him here. So he does get more opportunity and, and he should get more opportunity because he is the DP. How about moving on now to Leo Vassanen, who uh, looks to me to be on the ascent. Uh, I said a couple weeks ago it's going to be very tough to replace Ruben Gabrielson, but uh, he seems to be getting more comfortable by the minute. I agree with you. I think Leo, in his first three games, he showed more than what Gabrielson uh, showed in his, you know, his first three games. I think Leo has a lot of potential, and I think Leo is young. I think Leo, is, you know, has a lot of speed, and and it's a different on, on my on my point of view. The pressure that Leo has with the team is not the same as Rigoni. Rigoni, when Rigoni arrived, they make a party. They did a big announcement. They uh, they did section uh, you know like picture time and everything to 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 announce Rigoni. Leo, when Leo arrived, he just arrived at his his uh, his hotel. No big parties, no lights. We were there just to to take a couple pictures, you know, a couple quotes, and and that was it. Leo has everything uh, on, on his side to to succeed, and and uh, and. Uh, the way he plays, I heard Josh Wolf today saying that he's going to be called by his national team. So just just think about it. He's the only national team player we have in the whole squad. Well, uh, Josh uh, Owen Wolf, it's on the you know under I think it's under twenty. So youth but national Leon, team, but he's he's represented Finland before twenty two times. Exactly, exactly. So. He's the only one we're going to have, or we have on the on the major uh, national teams, and mm-hmm. and uh, and you know that's that's his credential. We don't need to we don't need to figure anything else. His credential is he's a very good player, and he's been called by his national team. You know, we should have thrown him a bigger party, but you know what? They always throw bigger parties you're for right. Argentines. You uh, are you know, right. And, and you're right. And you're, you're uh... exactly right. You see, Rigoni. <laughs> It's, I don't want to talk about Argentinians or not, but I want to say Rigoni because he was part of the South American crew that it's been, uh, you know, like uh, kind of uh, leading on the team. It was like a big yeah. party. It was like a big uh, thing. But uh, but now the pressure is on them because they brought it. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not resulting the way it's supposed to be. Well, it's a good thing. Healthy pressure is a good thing. Austin FC has it tomorrow against uh, Violet or Violet of uh, Haiti tomorrow. By the way, huge games this weekend, Jorge. You got Tigres Monterey. You got Chivas Club America. You got Barcelona Real Madrid. Outside of the Austin FC game, which one of those games is the one you tune into? Uh, Definitely, I'm going to try to watch the three of them. Monterrey and, and uh, Tigres are always on top. I mean, lately, at least in the last 10 years. That's going to be like a real good, passionate uh, uh, a game. America Chivas is a tradition. America Chivas. Chivas lost on, uh, Friday, on Puebla on Friday. America won on Tigres on Saturday. So it's going to be a really, really good game. And I think as well, Real Madrid uh, with... But if you Real Madrid with Barcelona, but if you you want me to pick one, I'm gonna to have to go for America Chivas. It's it's ah. uh, it's an old tradition. When I born, because I'm from Mexico City, it was like 
a day when you don't do nothing on your family because your dad has to watch the game. doesn't matter if your dad is from Cruz Azul or from Leon or from anywhere. America Chivas, you have to watch it because it's, it's a tradition and it's a, it's a game. You have to, uh, you know, you have, you have to go for one of them. doesn't matter. It's not your favorite team. Which one do you pull for, Chivas or Club America? I have to go with Chivas. I hate America. I oh, you know, the, I, oh, there's a lot of Americanistas in Texas. You know that. By the way, what about the coach of Chivas' Velko Panovic, who was the coach of the Chicago Fire? He's doing an outstanding job there, result-wise. He is. He is. Chivas, is Chivas is doing very good this, uh, this season, and, and I think he's, he's going by the, by the um, Jorge, you know, I got to go. I'm hearing music here. I got to follow the orders of my uh, crash producer, the best in the business, uh, Ty Henderson. Listen, thank you so much for coming on tonight, Jorge. We really appreciate it. It's always fun. It's always nice to be with you. You, you and I could have went for another two hours. Uh, thank you, Jorge. That's Jorge Itoralde of Club Deportes. And also we thank Michelle Sanchez, the freelance journalist covering Austin FC. Two great guests here tonight. That does it tonight. Show's presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. For Ty Henderson, I'm Glenn Davis. Thank you so much for tuning in here tonight. Remember, you get the podcast of this show, HornFM.com. You can also get two colors, two shades. LamontBrands.com, your Soccer Matters t-shirts. All proceeds to the 501C charity Snowdrop Foundation. Remember, soccer matters.